Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 51 of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR Podcast Network. Remember to check out everything dnvrdenver.com. It's an incredible website. They've got the best content and coverage. And obviously, and to be honest with you, the, the best people working to cover the Broncos, the Buffs, the Rams, the Avs, the Rockies, anybody and everybody, the Nuggets in Colorado. So check it out. Uh, but obviously, you can see the show here and... Uh, and listen to it here, McChesney Unchained on the DNVR Podcast Network. We roll on episode 51. Um, remember to check out all things 6-0 at 6-0 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. At 6-0 Strength is the website. And then DNVR Unchained is the uh, Twitter handle for the show. Plenty, please, any and all questions, anything you want to talk about, anything you want me to address, I just... Shoot it there, and uh, we'll try and take care of you on the show. Uh, we wanted to do a show strictly for the Broncos after the Thursday night debacle. I didn't want to sit around for four days and, and, and stew on it. I wanted to get my thoughts out, so that's what we're going to do today. It's all Broncos. The bus go to Pullman. Uh, there's a, a lot of news coming forward for Colorado Buffaloes on commits next week, so keep an ear to the ground on that. And uh, I expect them to go up there and get a win. And I, I hope they do. And we'll talk about that next week uh, on episode 52. But 51 is dedicated to the Broncos and the Chiefs game last night. Um, and that's it. And honestly, it's enough. Um, last night was a disaster. All right. The scripted plays at the beginning of the game, the Broncos looked awesome. I'm re-watching it again right now as we talk. They looked great coming out, although they were aided by two third-down defensive penalties by Kansas City, which kept drives going, a face mask, and a, and a pass interference, if I remember correctly. And then they score. They go for two. They don't give on. They don't give the ball in the reverse to Sanders. He would have scored easily. They give it to Freeman. He gets stuffed. They get six points. I think they're going to roll. I picked them to win by ten. I thought that having the momentum would be something that they would just feed off of, but. Think about this. The last two years, okay, two years ago in the Vance Joseph era, at the beginning of the Vance Joseph era, all right, they they had games, you know, that are winnable football games that will change the course of the season that they don't play well in. Just think about last year at San Francisco, the team's 6-6. Six and six. They have a chance to make the playoffs. They have been on a roll. They won three straight. And they went to San Francisco and just got annihilated. And it was very similar last night. Their 
I know they're a two and four football team, but Kansas City's four and two, and the blood's in the water. And if they win, they're a game out of first, and they're right in the thick. And they go out last night and put up that performance, lose thirty to six on national TV, and not just lose. I've never seen an offense struggle that badly in my entire life. One for God knows what on third down, countless penalties, 10, 11, 12 sacks, something like that. The Wadman fake punt, that disaster counted as a sack. The end of the game, you know, they threw a screen pass to Philip Lindsay and he just got absolutely annihilated in the backfield. He got up yelling at Flacco. There's dissension. There's people mad on this football team. Noah Fant has been an absolute disaster of a first-round draft pick. Devin Bush sure does look like he was the pick at 10. And look, I I know you have to get a weapon there, but Fant dropped one out of every six passes at Iowa, and he's dropping one out of every three passes in Denver. And look, I understand that this is going to be a hard thing to listen to. And if you're a player, I would just stay away from the media, listening to podcasts, listening to the radio. I would stay off Twitter. I might just go into a hole for the next 10 days and try and figure out how to play better against the Colts because they're a playoff team as well, and they're not fucking around. So, look, man. There's so much to talk about. I'm going to start with 72. 72 has to be benched. And if he's not benched, which he's not, because Fangio said he's rolling with 72, I don't understand what exactly you expect everyone in the media that knows what they're talking about and every fan that knows what they're talking about and everybody that doesn't know what they're talking about that can see. I don't know what you expect everyone to do. You really expect people to just blindly support that bullshit. Another three holding penalties. You know, he gave up a strip sack. He gave up two stacks and a strip sack. Elijah Wilkinson struggled as well, but he's not getting the holding penalty. He's just got beat. Everybody last night was bad on the offensive line. It's not like you can give up 10, 11 sacks and everybody feels good about it. And if people are going to get sensitive about this, then obviously you have a real problem. You're not worried about the 11 sacks. You're worried about the media. God, I hope that's not the issue. But you never know. 72 can't play, bro. He can't play at this level consistently. I don't care what he did the three games before. He's not a good football player. He's an awful left tackle. And the more you trot him out there, eventually he's going to get Flacco hurt. It may not mean anything, but it means something to Joe. You know, you cannot bring this kid back next year. You've got to figure out what you're going to do at left tackle moving forward. If Jawan James can come back healthy, I think you have to make that move. I know that Wilkinson's not playing great, but he's playing better than Garrett. He didn't play good last night, but overall he's been way better than Garrett. Garrett consistently has been awful. Year in, year out. With the same exact pattern of failure. The same set pattern. The same footwork. Lazy hands. Grabbing. Not running his feet on contact. No inside arm presence. No understanding of the angles of football. Not even understanding what trench angles and trench triangles mean. Not even understanding what fronts are. Obviously, because he fucks everything up consistently. He messes up deuce blocks, trade blocks, ace blocks, pull blocks. He doesn't know how to cat call. He doesn't know how to squeeze. There's an instance in second quarter. All right, their full turn or their four man Roger right. The tight end's back or uh, Garrett's backside left tackle. They put someone in the B gap. The linebacker breaks heel line. The back's guy. and, And Joe Flacco's under center. 
and the bat gets the first one. Garrett has to squeeze that, and he doesn't do it. And we—it's a strip sack, if I don't—if I remember correctly. So everything is fixable, but the problem is seventy-two isn't. You can't fix him. We may be able to fix scheme, but it doesn't matter because he can't apply it. You can't ask the rookie over and over again what to do. At some point, Dalton Reisner is going to hit a rookie wall. Maybe he's not. The guy's a fucking animal. He's he's the best offensive lineman they have. He's a damn rookie. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. McGovern's been really solid. He's had a couple bad plays here and there, but really, really solid other than that. I think they need to resign him. Leary's on on at the last year of his contract, if I remember correctly. I doubt they bring him back. I thought he played pretty well last night, all things considered. He was moving people in the run game. I didn't see him get beat badly in the pass game at all. It was it was the tackle struggling and and protection, pressure and holding the ball. <clears throat> I'm not trying to make excuses. It is what it is. <clears throat> the, they can watch the tape. They're not blind either. They're all. You know, they, they bleed red and shit brown just like everybody else. They're not special. They just have a special job. So, you know, last night was embarrassing. But it's consistently embarrassing at left tackle, and it needs to be fixed, man, because to be completely honest with you, I'm starting, I'm really, 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 really starting to lose faith. I'm starting to lose faith. And the more they trot his ass out there, it makes it's starting to make me angry. Sorry. I don't really give a shit if you don't like it. Next. Um, the play calling was atrocious. Atrocious. If you know that they know you want to run the ball, where's the early play action? Where is Phil Lindsay in space? When are you going to get Noah Fant and, and bench the rookie and play one of the vets just to send a message? That's... I think it's three straight weeks of awful blocks at the point of attack and backside because every time you see somebody penetrate backside, it's because they beat a tight end. Trey block. The ball ricocheted off of his shoulder against Tennessee. I mean, where the fuck is your awareness? And then last night he dropped at least two passes. He missed a couple of blocks. He was just terrible, and he's been terrible. First-round draft pick. I don't mean to be too hard on them, man, but this is what it is. They're predictable as hell, okay? They're super, super, super predictable. And not only that, but the defense <clears throat> isn't what we thought it was going to be. They are so Jacqueline and Hyde, I don't know who I'm going to get. I have no idea who I'm going to get. Am I going to get this shutout, ass-kicking, you know, keep everything in front of you, rallying and tackle effort defense we saw on Sunday? Or... Do they clam up on national TV? What the fuck is going on? You had the world by the nuts last night. If you can beat the Chiefs without Eric Fisher, all-pro left tackle, number one overall pick, who everyone said couldn't play, and he's an all-fucking-pro. Chris Jones, 17 sacks last year, three technique out. Mahomes dislocates his kneecap in the middle of the game. He goes out with 10 minutes left in the second quarter, and they lose 30-6 to to fucking Matt Moore. No offense, but I broke Matt Moore's leg in, in college at UCLA. I'm 40 years old, bro. Matt Moore's still playing. Good for him, but come on. You can't let that guy come in and do what he did. What is going on with this football team? I've never seen the Broncos in disarray like this. Even with Josh McDaniels. I was on those teams. I know how awful it was. Even with Josh McDaniels, it wasn't this bad. Because they had some talent. 
There, there was talent on the football team. There was depth on the football team. They were just coached terribly. You saw the minute they got a, a quarterback in the house, they took the fuck off with the guys on the roster. So it, I don't know what to say about this anymore. I don't know if John Elway needs to go or relinquish some power or get somebody else in the room that can ricochet some things off of him and maybe disagree with him. I trust Elway and, and Matt Russell's evaluations, but the, I don't know if I trust his evaluation on picking coaches because I don't... In today's NFL, when you can't score ever and you've notoriously struggled on offense and you fire a defensive-minded head coach in Vance Joseph and then you hire an old-ass defensive-minded head coach in Vic Fangio and then everyone wonders why we suck on offense still, well, I mean, it, the writing's on the fucking wall, everybody. Come on. You need to hire an innovator. You need to hire an offensive-minded head coach. That's when the Broncos have been Super Bowl Champions. Kubiak, offensive-minded head coach. Shanahan, offensive-minded head coach. Dan Reeves, defensive-minded head coach. I know he was an offensive player, but he was still the most conservative fucking coach ever. He ran the ball all the goddamn time. He never utilized Elway. If Elway would have thrown the ball like, like Marino back in the day, he'd have 80 fucking thousand yards passing. And everyone knows that's right. John Fox, defensive-minded head coach, lost the Super Bowl. Everybody that's defensive-minded, they get, they're good enough to just be good enough to lose to the team that has offense. Every time we have an offensive-minded head coach in Denver, we're good enough to win Super Bowls. I've seen it happen three goddamn times. So what do we do, Broncos country? What is the answer to this question? I am against tanking. I want this team to continue to play hard. But if you're not going to be part of the future in Denver, they need to start playing everybody that is. If you're going to be the future in Denver, you need to play now. We need to see if you can play now. Because you need to use the next half of the season to evaluate your guys. Because you can't really develop and evaluate them during the offseason. And you can't really develop or evaluate them during training camp. Maybe training camp next year won't be such a fucking joke and like a walkthrough every day, giving everybody the benefit of the doubt when you're coming off a 5-11 and 11 season and a 6-10 and 10 season. Maybe they should have worked a little bit harder with all that extra time. Just saying. But I don't believe in tanking, but I want a high draft pick. I don't really want them to win a whole lot the rest of the year because I want them to be in position to either take the best offensive tackle available at number three or four, or take the best quarterback available at three or four. I don't think they're going to get the first pick. I think that's reserved for the Dolphins. I think there is talent on this team in the starting lineup, but there's a problem with depth. Maybe they should stop cutting people they're developing, i.e. Sam Jones, Ben Garland, guys like that. I'd like to think that they can get some draft picks for Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris. I would not trade Vaughn. I'm not trading Vaughn. He's just, he's too good. He's a game changer and I can't do it. Him and Chubb together next year will be equally as dynamic as they would have been this year. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I can't figure out this defense, man. I can't figure out how Vic Fangio and this defense can get that tore up by fucking Matt Moore. I don't, they are so Jacqueline Hyde, like I said. 
They've done a lot of good things. There's a lot of really good things. Mike Purcell's been great. Derek Wolf's playing really, really great. I love the way 45 plays the Velociraptor. Malik Reed's been awesome. Justin Simmons's been awesome. Chris Harris has been awesome. I mean, he got torched last night, but everybody loses Tariq Hill. Everyone. So if I'm Denver, I don't want a fire sale, but if if you're not going to be part of the future, you got to go. So Sanders, not part of the future. Trade him to a contender for a fourth-round pick. Chris Harris Jr., he, he's not going to come back next year. I really, really doubt he signs a long-term extension with Denver. So trade him. See if you can get multiple picks for him. See if you can get a second and a sixth. You're not getting a first unless the team is super super, super desperate after this this Sunday and somebody gets hurt and you can trade Chris Harris Jr. for a first because you could, he's good enough to get a first. I don't know if you do get one for him, but he's good enough to get one. If Jalen Ramsey's punk ass is getting two first, Chris Harris Jr. is good enough for a first. Second round draft pick, you got to give that up. Third round draft pick, you probably got to do it because they're going to need picks and an abundance of them. They're going to need a lot of picks to rebuild this, and then they're going to need to really, really, really strike on evaluation. But not only that, they need to figure out how they're going to develop talent. They have got to figure this out. It's bigger than just weightlifting and speed work and flexibility training. You, I know the players don't want to do any developmental work. Maybe it's on the individual. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've never had to beg guys to come in and work until this year. It's been a struggle this year. But that's because they don't have a really a day off anymore. I think that the coaches over there are putting them in position to be successful. I, I just I, There's a disconnect. There's something wrong. <clears throat> I don't know if it's talent. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know the answer. If I knew the answer, I'd be a much richer man. I didn't see any life in the football team last night. I saw no spark. Joe Flacco is going to run his course here pretty quick because he is totally emotionless, and people hate that in here in Denver. They want their quarterback to have zip and fire and pizzazz and all that shit. But they had nothing last night. They had zero fire, zero intensity, nothing. They were they absolutely got hammered by the Chiefs. That was an absolute fucking throttling like I've never seen. I've never seen the Denver Broncos show up like that. Offensively, I don't know if I've ever seen a worse performance from the second series to the end of the game, top to bottom. And from an offensive play-calling perspective, from an execution perspective, Flacco holding the ball like it's his child in a, you know, in a tsunami, and he's on a rooftop. Dude, get rid of the football. Your offensive lineman can't hold up for six seconds. A team that was really struggling getting after the passer under new defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola finished with 11 sacks. 10 on the offensive line, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong on that. It might be 11 and 12. I'm not sure. But I'm telling you, it can't be like, well, the fans need to just stay behind us and you, we know you're not blind, but you don't know what you're talking about. And the media, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. It can't be sensitivity. Can't be sensitive, Sarah. Sensitive, Sam. All week at, at at Dove Valley for the next ten days, trying to like rationalize getting your ass kicked when you had an opportunity. Because this is the third year in a row when they've had an opportunity to really, really make some noise, 
and put themselves in position to be contending where they've shit down their leg. And that sucks, man, that that's a problem. In pressure-packed games and pressure-packed environments, they are getting the, the fucking doors blowing off of them. And last night, they couldn't take advantage of Mahomes dislocating his kneecap, Eric Fisher being out, Chris Jones being out. I mean, they let the, the Chiefs' B team beat them. It was like the Chiefs' practice squad came out and beat the Broncos last night. That sucks. <clears throat> I don't know the answer, man. I wish I did. But I had to get these thoughts off my chest because it's, it's too ugly to ignore. Way too ugly to ignore. The Broncos have the Colts in 10 days. Uh, you know, the, the Colts have Houston this weekend. It's an opportunity to, to watch a couple of the next Broncos opponents. Both teams that are pretty good. I'd imagine that's going to be a dogfight. Jacoby Brissett has really stepped in and, and really, really embraced that starting role. He's been every bit as good as Andrew Luck has been in the past. So the Colts are a contending team. The Texans, we know what they can do. They went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs last week. So the Chiefs came off four days rest and a loss, really motivated, and rallied behind their backup quarterback and won a game in mile high. The Broncos came off last week's shutout in mile high and all that momentum and everybody picking them to win. Everyone. Everyone on national TV is picking them to win. I picked them to win by 10. Everyone's picking them to win. And then they did that. If I'm a Bronco, I'm staying away from the media as much as possible and just trying to focus on getting better. If I'm a coach, I really I need one of the coaches to tell the truth. I need somebody to, to admit it's a rebuild. Why can't they do that? Why is it so hard to admit that the team is not what they want it to be and that they need to get better and they need to get rid of aging veterans and stop you know, living in the past? 2,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. Just saying. I heard somebody say today that the Broncos are the Cowboys of the AFC, and that made me sick to my stomach. Living in the past, always going off what they've done in the past, but we did win a Super Bowl four years ago, so that's horseshit. Whoever whoever said that, yeah, full of shit. Broncos, the, the Cowboys ain't won nothing since like an MC Hammer was a number one artist. So I don't want to hear any of that shit. The Broncos franchise is elite. That's why people are upset. No one gives a shit if the turds are two and fucking five and blow it on national TV. People in Cleveland might care, but they're used to it. But, you know, no one really cares. The Broncos are a football institution, period. If you're looking at franchises, the Broncos and the Chiefs, the Chiefs can't hold a fucking candle to what the Broncos do. The Chiefs haven't won a Super Bowl since Hank fucking Tram. Keep my truck lining the ball down the field, boys. Jesus, man. Freebird, they played at halftime. It was a number one single that week. Shit. I don't even want to hear this. Oh, the Chiefs and the Broncos are equal. The Chiefs can't hold a fucking candle to the Broncos franchise, and we've lost to them eight times in a fucking row. Something's got to change, man. So when you're looking at the Broncos and what they need to do to beat the, the Colts, number one, You've got to establish a game plan that's actually... Oh, my God! Okay, I'm watching the the first holding penalty right now. It's 4.05 left in the first quarter. Okay, and Garrett Bowles 
just got beat for holding, all right? And when he gets beat for holding, he looks at the ref. He looks at the fucking ref and, like, throws his hand on national TV. Like, oh, the ref doesn't know what he's talking about. This is crazy. That is nuts! Bro, you just tackled the dude! He can't just wipe it off. It's not it, It's not an opinion, Garrett. It's a fucking rule. You've got your hands outside the shoulders of the defensive end and you're torquing him. You're totally turning him. You can't just throw your hand up in the air. What a punk, dude. I mean, it's upsetting. But that's what the Broncos are right now, man. They are essentially, they are Garrett Bowles. And I hate to say that. Broncos... You're only as good as your weakest link. Your weakest link is 72. It's not even debatable, and that's how good you are. You are Garrett Bowles. You look the part. You run fast. But when the lights come on, you cannot implement anything you've done during the week, and you look like you shouldn't be there. That's what it looked like last night. This is episode 51 of McChesney Unchained. Yes, it was filthy, nasty, dirty. And honestly, if you get all sensitive about it, if I'm the bad guy because of what I just put on a podcast for 25 minutes, you got a lot of problems. You should not be looking at the media or the fan base as the problem. They're the only ones that blindly support this shit. I bleed blue and orange, man. I want the Broncos to win every week, but I can't support 72 and his bullshit anymore. I can't support Flacco and holding the ball for seven seconds. I can't support Noah Fant dropping the ball consistently and not showing up as a first-rounder and never blocking anybody at the point of attack and not knowing how to trade block on the backside with another tight end or a tackle. I can't support it. I can't support giving up 300 yards rushing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in a half. I can't support that shit. When you show me that you can shut out a, a, a team, an NFL football team, 16 to nothing, regardless of how bad the offense was, and then you come out and you get beat 30 to 6 on national TV by Matt Moore, the backup left tackle, and no Chris Jones, it, there's a huge fucking problem. Like I said, this is episode 51. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Check out everything at dnvr.com, dnvr unchained at Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram. This is some truth. If you can't handle it, that sucks. Because I ain't going to stop spitting it.